afternoon is the Word of God as we have summarized it and compressed it in Lord's Day 17. Let's now read that Lord's Day and find it on page 537. This is our confession, Lord's Day 17, question and answer. resurrection benefit us first by his resurrection he has overcome death so that he could make us share in the righteousness which he had obtained for us by his death second by his power we too are raised up to new life third Christ's resurrection is to us a sure pledge of our glorious resurrection Let's pause and pray. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, it seems a rather odd way to confess the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. What we have here is question and answer 45. Catechism doesn't confess the resurrection was. It doesn't defend it. It doesn't defend it as a historical fact. It doesn't discuss it as being essential to Christ's redemptive work. It doesn't deal with any heresies or questions about the resurrection. In fact, it doesn't even really deal with what the resurrection meant for Jesus Christ. It simply assumes that it happened that we know what it means. The focus instead is on the gospel to us, the good news of what the resurrection means to us. It's as though the writers of the Heidelberg Catechism were saying, there there is nothing more to say. It is plain what Scripture says about the resurrection. There should be no discussion here. It is the without which there is not of the gospel. look at what we confess in Scripture, we see really three benefits. Our catechism speaks about the first benefit being the past, so to speak, a perfect resurrection benefit. It speaks of a present resurrection benefit. It speaks of a future resurrection benefit. Or you could put it using more theological terms, it speaks of our justification, it speaks of our sanctification, of our exaltation. So in the first place, our confessions speak from the scriptures about the perfect resurrection benefit of Christ. Now, we preach the cross of Christ. We preach Christ crucified. But without the resurrection, we are to be committed false. We are dead in our sins. justification is shown in his resurrection. 
dead, Romans 4, verse 25. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. God the Father allowed His Son to suffer and to die in our place to heal the separation that was between us and Him. There was a divide between us and God because of sin. We separated ourselves from God. We put ourselves at war. We made ourselves enemies of God by our sin. And to satisfy God's righteous anger against sin, He allowed His Son to suffer and die for us. And the question that came here is who was that with? Who was that responsible for? children of God. Without that actual historical event, we are on our own separated from God. As we hang hung on that cross, as we as we hung there for our sin. resurrection, God the Father said, Amen to Christ's human sin. That Christ's sin was paid, payment was accepted, and God raises him from the dead. What the resurrection does is it guarantees what Christ accomplished on the cross. It gloriously and perfectly confirms that we have been made perfect before God. an angry God, not before a God who hates us, not before a God who is disgusted by us, no, by a God who loves us because of what His Son has done for us, what what His Son has made us. We have nothing to do with this God that causes Him not to love us. Only His loving kindness can know this. then that should lead us to proclaim as a church the Christology of Jesus Christ. Paul proclaimed as he went through the Roman Empire. He says he preached Christ crucified, but notice he also preached the resurrection of the dead. In Acts 17, he's preaching at the Areopagus, Mars Hill. Those theologians, those philosophers, they're confused because he's speaking about the resurrection. so much time talking about the gospel he received and then he passed on. Christ suffered, then he died, then he rose from the dead. That is the gospel. That thundering amen of the Father is what preachers have been proclaiming ever since. Our redemption is based on the work of Jesus. 
source of fact, not some contrived deceptive jargon that we learn, something that we need to be able to say properly to be part of the club. It's not like learning the rules of some new and complex board game where you need to learn the rules in which you want to play the game and to leave before you do.
historical fact. Yes, it is an article of faith, something we believe by faith, but it is based on historical fact, not something that completely disconnects from tradition. Facts of life is a fact of new life. Christ truly came to earth. He truly lived among us. He truly died. He truly rose from the grave. It's a fact that's just as real as death. You know both of those things are true. Each and every one of us here knows that our sins are a fact. We know that we're sinners. Each and every one of us here knows that death is a fact. We have been touched by it. We know that unless the Lord returns, we will die. But just as real as both of those things is the resurrection. And as real as those things press on your mind, press on your heart, So this is comforting to your heart. Because when Christ died, as real as sin, as real as death, take your sins, your very real sins, take your very real fear of death to the grave, take them to the cross, take them to Christ, take them to the empty tomb, and leave them there. remember them. We worry about people remembering them. We worry about God remembering them. But the gospel is that we take all of those sins, all of those fears, bring them to the cross and leave them there. They are paid for. It is finished. Jesus said it and God says his amen right over it. That is the resurrection benefit that we receive. Go together. Fact 
speaking in clarity. We're called to live out our holiness. Books like Kevin DeYoung, many of you are familiar with Kevin DeYoung, well known in our circle, had a book called The Hole in Our Holiness. And in the introduction to this book, he uses camping illustrations. DeYoung doesn't like He says here, you pack up the van like Noah's Ark, you drive to a mosquito-infested campground where you reconstitute the inconvenient version of your kitchen and bedroom. That's camping. Because I don't get it. I don't get how you can do it. And I have no problem not doing it. Because it's like normal life is only harder.
set true here. It's set true now. It's set true even for adults. We would look around us and we would say, but that person's a real stick in the mud. That person's a real rag on the front. Always on about what God wants. Takes things a little too seriously. resurrection benefit in the here and now that we receive, but also that we're called to. Paul speaks about that in Ephesians 4. Put to death the old man, the old nature. Put it to death. Raise life to the new nature. Embrace that. The new man. says that Romans 6, 4, we've been raised to new life in Him. Christ doesn't simply pay for our sins and then leave us alone. No, He gives us His Spirit. We're called to a new life. And He equips us for it. What God demands, He also provides. He does it by His Spirit. give you the spirit. It's a present resurrection benefit. You can live for him. Is that real for you? Or is that just religious jargon that you've learned? You've learned to say, by the power of the spirit, we can do this. This is something you can talk to say. Is it proper experience for you as well? Is it something that really is there for you? Is it something that you embrace? Is it something you long for? Because it is real. It's something we hear again and again. We see it in our own lives. Maybe we long to see it more than we do. But it's something that happens in us daily. Something happens inside us that shouldn't happen. Are stopped here. People are changed, broken down, reformed. The image of God is formed in them by the Spirit against everything that you would expect. still connected to him, but sleeping around, he's afraid 
this truth to live this truth to change him to make him a new man you look at your own lives and you you know where is God working on you am I resisting the work of the spirit don't ignore or resist that work don't think it's uncool don't be embarrassed by what it might lead you to do or become See God at work in you and long for it more and more. See that present resurrection benefit. Be formed. Have Christ formed in you. Paul says in Ephesians, rejoice in the Spirit in yourself. Rejoice in the Spirit in others. Long for that present resurrection benefit to be felt and experienced by all. Be caught up in Christ. Be caught up in looking like Christ as you live. edition of that book is an reflection preface and he spoke about the joy he had when he heard his daughter say this when she was dating him she said a girl's got to be so into Jesus that in order for a guy to get to know her he needs to know it beautiful thing for a young girl to confess young men can confess it too saying a guy's got to be so into Jesus that in order for a girl to get to know him, she's got to get to know it in Christ. And is that something that we can say about ourselves, each and every one of us? When people look at us, can they really know us without knowing Jesus Christ? Can we have that kind of relationship with somebody where they say, I need to understand who Jesus Christ is. I need to understand who that
resurrection of the body. Why would you want that thing raised again? So the Corinthians seem to be being drawn astray by some kind of thinking that their looks towards a spiritual stimulation somehow our spirit would continue and the body would be gone. Our eternal body. Why do we 